and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread in this week's college and pro football cards as we enter the second half of the 2015 football season. And with that, Victor, we're now into the month of November. We'll be talking a little bit about the college football playoff committee polls, which just came out this week, and also reviewing a little bit about the National Football League and what's happened thus far this football season. And with those college football playoff committee polls now being released, Victor, your first take on what you saw in the polls by the college football committee this week. Well, the initial rankings of this, they're calling it the CFP, the college football playoff rankings, slightly different than what you might see in the AP rankings. I know that some of the Big 12 teams feel they got dinged a little bit. The beneficiaries, of course, would be Clemson, who's number three in the AP poll, number one in the CFP rankings. And, of course, LSU, number four in the AP poll, number two in the CFP rankings. Uh, Also, Alabama, they're as low as number seven in the AP. They cracked the top four in the CFP rankings at number four. And uh, Notre Dame is a beneficiary as well, number eight in the AP poll. They make it all the way up to number five. Uh, Again, uh, a couple of the undefeated Big 12 teams feel like they got jobbed a little bit. None of the Big 12 teams made it to the top five. A little bit surprising. Uh, Two one-loss teams, uh, specifically Alabama and Notre Dame, ahead of the top two contenders, which are Baylor and TCU. Baylor, number two in the AP poll, but falls to number six in the new CFP rankings. And uh, poor TCU as well, number five in the AP poll, falling all the way to number eight. Uh, for the, our fans in the Big 12, I, I would say relax. November is going to be a big month uh, in Big 12 action. It's probably going to be the uh, best conference games in the month of November. Chances are still very, very good that a Big 12 undefeated team will be in the top four. But they got a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth after this very first rankings came out yesterday. Yeah, the same bad taste, Victor, that they were left with last year when the teams didn't make it to the college football playoffs, neither Baylor nor TCU, despite their impressive records in the seasons they had. They debut this week, Baylor number six, Tennessee or TCU number eight, Oklahoma State number 14 and Oklahoma number 15. uh, In amongst them, three undefeated football teams, and I think the biggest contention, the point of contention by the committee is their strength of schedule, which really I guess they paid a penalty for if there's a penalty that's been paid at this point of the season for some of their non-conference scheduling. But as you mentioned, it will take care of itself as they begin to whittle down through the schedule when all these big marquee matchups will begin happening. You look at Baylor, uh, and I looked at their schedule, they've only beaten one FBS winning opponent this year. Same thing for TCU, only one win against an FBS team that has a winning record. So that sets a long, long, goes deep into the thought process of the committee and exactly where they are. And my other take from this, Victor, was, uh, as you say, relax. I think relax is the is the case for the entire poll, regardless of what conference or team it is you're pulling for, because 
Last year, when the first polls came out, the very first ever poll came out this particular week a year ago, uh, we were looking at Ohio State, who debuted at number 16 in mm-hmm. the polls, and, and they played themselves into not only the, to- the playoff top four contention, but also won the national championship. So, you know, there's still a lot of football to be played here. And in fact, in those top four teams that debuted last year, only one of them made the playoffs. So uh, I think what it does is it sparks a lot of controversy and a lot of, of a lot of talking points for the talking heads, if you will, on a lot of the uh, ESPN type radio shows across the country and the newspapers and whatnot. But, you know, it's what we love. It's what we live for. It's this college football season here. And we're getting down to this stage of the season where the polls are beginning to formulate. These teams are doing just that. And uh, we had a great time writing the football newsletter this week, Victor. You take a look at the newsletter here. There were 60 games that we had to write up in the college football games this week. I mean, we could have expanded the newsletter four more pages in in doing just that. But uh, in amongst those 60 games, there's a lot of marquee matchups on the football card this week and we're going to continue to see just that a lot more marquee matchups as the college football season winds down throughout the month of november and how about two big guineas on tap this week victor one of them we're going to talk about as our featured college football game of the week lsu alabama victor and i will tear that game apart uh that's only one of big, the big marquee games. We've also got Florida State and Clemson. Clemson, the new number one team, sitting on top of the CFP rankings. Uh, as, as I mentioned and alluding to here, Victor, I think there's a lot of football still to be played in the world of college football. Absolutely right. The, these rankings could change drastically over a one-week period based on these killer games coming up this Saturday. You might actually see two or three different teams in the top four. The only team... Uh, that has a fairly easy game this week. It's Ohio State uh, playing Minnesota. But uh, you mentioned uh, we we basically have a couple of playoff games going on this weekend with LSU taking on Alabama, Clemson taking on Florida State. Baylor doesn't have a cakewalk. They're going on the the road against Kansas State. And, of course, TCU is going to be battling another undefeated on the road against Oklahoma State. So these rankings could shake up drastically in just a seven-day period. I think they could, and you know, we're not even talking about the one-loss teams. You know, Alabama being the one who cracked the top four in the polls with one loss, but you know, you've also have the likes of some pretty good one-loss teams out there. Oklahoma, who I think has still a lot to say about what's going to happen, mm-hmm. they could be the one-loss team that could end up sneaking in here, much like Ohio State did last year. Uh, Stanford, a one-loss team who's right now playing some really good, solid football. So. The uh, Utah Utes out of the uh, Pac-12 conference, Florida State. I mean, there's a lot of. I'm sorry, Florida Gators too. The Florida Gators, exactly right. The Florida Gators, a football team that uh, really proved their worth in that victory over the uh, Georgia Bulldogs this past week, and that was really an impressive performance by Jim McElwain and the Gators this particular weekend. But we're going to tear these games apart in our college football game of the week, specifically when we go into the LSU Alabama showdown game. We've got a dandy on tap of the National Football League side of things as well. And speaking about the NFL side of things, Victor. Uh, We're talking about four teams that are remaining undefeated on the National Football League side of things as we're entering into the second half of the season here. Uh, Quite impressive, I'd say. The number one team would have to be the New England Patriots, the job that they've done here, just dismantling everybody that's been put in front of them. I think what's been most impressive to me about New England has been Tom Brady, the Tom Brady chip-on-his-shoulder tour as we're witnessing this football season here. 20 Touchdown passes, one interception. I mean, those are phenomenal numbers that he's putting up here right now, and I think they are arguably 
the best team in the National Football League. You also have the undefeated likes of Denver, who just won their battle against Green Bay in the Battle of Undefeateds last Sunday night. The Cincinnati Bengals playing this Thursday in the Carolina Panthers. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be, again, another come-down-to-the-wire type performance for teams to make the National Football League playoffs on the side of things here, Victor. But I think when you're looking at the NFL and you're making a case of what's happened thus far, maybe we'll get a little bit more into this in depth next week as we're nearing the halfway point about who has been the most disappointing or the most surprising team in the National Football League thus far this season. I'm going to put it on you, Victor. Who would be your case for either or the most surprising or the most disappointing team this season? First off, Mark, uh, I think you can make a case that the top three teams in the NFL are all in the AFC Conference, undefeated New England, undefeated Cincinnati, and undefeated Denver. I think all slightly better than Carolina, who almost gave one back on Monday night against the Colts, but one could easily make that case that the top three teams in the entire league are in the AFC uh, Conference. Uh, Disappointing teams, number one for me, easily, a team who was in the playoffs last year, who's had all kinds of difficulties. They fired offensive coordinators. They have fired uh, other coaches on their staff. Uh, the best thing that could happen to this team is they're not playing this week, and that's the Detroit Lions at 1-7. and seven. I would say the Detroit Lions are right in the mix. And if, and if we talk about coaches on the hot seat, we just saw firing at Tennessee with Ken Wisenhunt mm-hmm. this week. Jim Caldwell looks to be on that same hot seat here if he doesn't get things turned around or if he's even coaching. Next week, I would also put in the disappointing category this year, the Baltimore Ravens, a team that's uh, almost perennially in the playoffs in the mix here. And they just come out two wins to start the football season here this year. I look for this team to really improve the second half of the year. If for no other reason, you still have Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh, that tandem who's done nothing but win together since they come into the league. And on the flip side about surprise teams this year, I have to put the Atlanta Falcons up near the top of the list here. I think they've been a Great job thus far this football season under Dan Quinn, their new head coach. They've got themselves into contention to make a playoff spot in the NFC uh, South as well. Victor, your surprise team in the NFL thus far this season. I, I would definitely agree with uh, the Atlanta team. Also, the Minnesota Vikings are surprising 5-2. and two. Uh, They're not doing it statistically. They've played a very, very weak schedule thus far. I will grant you that. You mentioned that in this week's newsletter. But surprising nevertheless for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, one final note about the undefeated teams. This is a dangerous week of the season for undefeated teams when they're taking on losing opponents. I did review our database just before we went on the show. And in game eight of the season, undefeated favorites when playing less than 500 opponents have gone two and eight against the spread. They've gone one and six since dating back in 1998. Three such teams playing this week. So be very, very cautious this week if you're thinking of laying the points with Cincinnati over Cleveland on Thursday, with New England over Washington on Sunday, and even with Denver on the road against the Colts. It's not a good week for undefeated teams when they are playing losing opponents. Yeah, they tend to play down to their level is exactly what that stat says. And talking about undefeated teams playing down to the level – dissecting these four undefeated teams here. Check out these win-loss records of their combined opponents thus far this football season. Carolina Panthers, 7-0 in the season. Their opponents, 22-31 and this year. Cincinnati Bengals, 7-0. Their opponents, 22-32 and this year. The Denver Broncos, 7-0. Their opponents, 23-30. and And the New England Patriots, 7-0. Their opponents, 
21 and 30. Not a winning record in amongst any of those opponents, but you know, a little bit of that victory has to be attributed to the fact that it's some of these losses are coming from these undefeated teams. So along the way, you know, those right. records aren't are not going to be impressive, but uh, it still remains to be seen which one of these four teams will end up being the king of the hill by the end of the football season. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show don't you go away when victor and i come back we're going to get into that college football game of the week that lsu alabama showdown inside the southeast conference that and a whole lot more to come here on mark lawrence against the spread attention sports fans it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag this industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online this is why mark lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag call toll free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed that's mybookie.a as an apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at mybookie.ag sign up today Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Card. And it's time for our College Football Game of the Week as we previewed at the beginning of the show, we've got a dandy on tap inside the Southeast Conference when Alabama plays host to LSU in a matchup of two of the top four teams in the current CFP rankings. Victor, your take on the Tigers and the Tide this Saturday. Bama opened up seven and a half. They're currently down to six and a half. The initial push was on LSU plus the points. I'm not surprised uh, in that game. As far as the over-under line goes, it opened at 53 and it's already dropped down to 48 points. It's come down considerably, the over-under line, down to 48. Uh, they're kicking off when uh, 8 o'clock Eastern on Saturday night. So we basically already have a playoff game starting this particular week. LSU, very, very surprising team from an over-under perspective. One of the better over teams in all of college football this season. They've gone 6-1 and over-under. They went under in their very first game of the season against um Mississippi State, but they've now gone over the total in six consecutive games, the most recent, of course, being that non-conference game against Western Kentucky two weeks ago, 48-20, to 20, I believe, was the final score in that game. Average line, LSU, 53. Average score, 61.4. So the average Tiger game has gone over the total this season by 8.4 points per game. The reason, well, how about an offense that's scoring uh, 10 points more per game than they did last year when they averaged 28? This year, LSU scoring at a 38.9 point per clip uh, this season. Uh, their defensive numbers 
are up as well. They're allowing five more points per game at 22.6 than they did last season. So basically, there's your reason right there. LSU with a better offense and a defense who's allowing a few more points. Alabama, on the flip side, comes in at 3-5 and five over under on the season. The average line in the Alabama games, 51.0, and the average score, 49.2. So the average Alabama game has gone under by 1.8 points per game. This is historically a pretty low-scoring series between these two teams in the last six years. There's been only one over and five unders. That's one and five over-under. The average line, 44.4, and the average score when these two play, 36.1. So that's an average margin of more than a full touchdown a game at minus 8.3 when these two teams do play each other. we got two very good defenses Two top 20 ranked defenses, I might add. LSU, number 19 defense on the season. They're only allowing 316 yards per game. Alabama, you know you're always going to get a great defense with Dick Saban. Number four in the country, allowing only 275.7 points per game. As I mentioned, it's historically a low-scoring series. I think you're going to see a lot of rushing plays this week. This could very come, very well come down to a, a Heisman Trophy showdown. We know that Leonard Fournette of LSU is the front runner, and I think he can basically wrap up the Heisman already with an LSU win and a big game against Alabama. He's running for, what, 193 yards per game this season. On the other side, you do got a very good Alabama running back in Derek Henry himself averaging 131 yards per game on the ground this season, 14 touchdowns. This could very be one of those uh, games in which you see a ton of rushing plays. Uh, LSU's 309 rushing yards per game, and that's an amazing stat in the SEC. That leads the SEC by almost 100 yards per game, more than the next highest team. So look for a lot of running plays. Mark, I see this game somewhere in the... 21 to 17, 23 to 20, 24 to 21, some sort of three or four point game that's fairly low scoring. And even at the current number of 48, I'm leaning under with LSU against Alabama. That's Victor King's take on the Alabama LSU showdown as he leans under the total in this matchup. It looks to be two good, solid defenses going toe to toe in this huge confrontation on Saturday. As I mentioned, it's a matchup of two of the top four teams inside the current CFP rankings. Alabama is led by their Heisman Trophy favorite running back, Leonard Fournette, who's had an outstanding year thus far this football season here. And while many think that we'd love to see him running in the National Football League next year, we won't simply because of rules in the uh, NCAA mandating that he plays at least two years now, so he'll be running back for Alabama again once again next football season here. Looking inside the stats from our midweek alert this week, uh, we take a look and we note that LSU is plus 156 net yards per game in all Southeast Conference games they played thus far this football season, meaning in every SEC game they've outsteaded their opponents 156 yards a game. They've won the stats in all but one game they've played thus far this season on the football playing field. You have a head coach in Les Miles who comes in here, outstanding record when his team is undefeated. He's 50 and 11 straight up in games when LSU or his teams own an undefeated record with only five of those losses coming by more than seven points. On the flip side, the Crimson Tide of Alabama, who surely cannot afford a loss 
at any stage of the season with one loss already here. Two losses really spells death to this team. They'll never make the playoffs with two losses. They come in here with this ferocious defense once again as they've held every opponent to either season low or second low yards thus far this football season. They're also plus 93 net yards per game in all their Southeast Conference games that they played thus far this year. And in fact, they've won the stats in every game this season as well. That plus 93 for Alabama is a 63 yards a game less than LSU's plus 156. So statistically, at least what the performance has been on the field this year, the edge would have to go to LSU. Taking a look at Alabama in close competitive games at home when they've been priced 10 or less points or just 1-4 and four to the spread the last five football games. The bottom line to me here in this contest is in LSU, you're talking about a team that has revenge coming into this game. They're 15-5 and five to the spread as a conference road dog when they have revenge. And they're not an undefeated, or they're taking on an opponent that's not an undefeated team, including six and one straight up and seven and zero the spread. When LSU has a win percentage of more than six hundred, I'll grab the points and what I think will come down to the final score of the game wins this football game. LSU plus the points for my side in this football game. Don't go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down our National Football League Game of the Week. We'll also hop out to Las Vegas and check out the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco to find out what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend. That and a whole lot more to come just around the corner here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL Over-Under Trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King from King Creole Sports, and we're going against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Cards. And it's time for our National Football League Game of the Week. We're going to take a look inside of a key NFC contest this week when one loss Green Bay travels to undefeated Carolina, the Packers, and the Panthers, Victor, this Sunday. How do you see this game shaking out? 
you know, looking at each team's over-under records, it's almost a 180-degree complete reversal from what you're used to seeing. Green Bay, you think uh, all this prolific offense, uh, you know, middle-of-the-road type defense, a lot more overs than unders, and yet there are two and five over-under on the season. And, of course, when you think of the Carolina Panthers, you basically think of a very good running team with an outstanding defense, low-scoring games, more unders and overs, and yet they're the team that's 4-2-1 and over-under in the season. They've gone over the total in 67% of their games. Of course, Green Bay, the very slight road favorite in the game from the uh, point spread perspective, and the over-under line, it opened at 46. It's up to 46-and-a-half as we record the show here on uh, Wednesday morning, and uh, I think I'm going to grab me a little bit of piece of the over-action in this particular game I like the fact that the series has been fairly high scoring. Each of the last four meetings between these two teams have gone over the total. The average line has been high at 50.9 points per game. And the Panthers and the Packers have scored 59.8. That's a nice high average in the last four meetings. You know, Carolina, again, give them credit for a great defense. But what's very surprising to me is the offense. They, they lost one of their best playmakers in the first game of the season, and yet they still have scored now 27 or more points in each of their last five games. This Carolina offense, very, very surprising. Uh, their average line on the season, 42.5. Average points scored, 46.7. Carolina games have gone over the total by plus 4.2 points per game. Now, Green Bay, I know their offense is down a little bit. Of course, they've had some injuries. The Jordy Nelson injuries, taking them uh, pretty much half a season to get over. I don't even know if they've done that as of yet. Their running game, not as good as it was last season. Eddie Lacy is uh, yet to have a really, really good game. As a result, the Packers are down to 24.9 points per game on offense. And this was a team, of course, that was a 30-point offense last season. And I do mention, of course, that Carolina's scoring at a 27.3 clip. That's six points better than last year when they averaged 21. Of course, Carolina, they're off that Monday night game. And uh, one thing that uh, you may want to mention to totals players, if you watched that game on Monday night, pretty much the entire game was played in a torrential downpour. And if you automatically think that bad weather equals unders, <laughs> that game is definitely an indicator that that is not the case. So as far as weather concerns go, the only real weather concern we have in regards to over-unders is high winds. But uh, rain, snow, you saw what happened. That game went over the total and fairly easily as well, that overtime game. But anyway, Carolina's off that Monday night game, Mark, and uh, our database says that NFL teams playing at home off a Monday home win have gone 9-1 and one to the over in the last four seasons. 90% of their games have gone over the total. Another interesting aspect for the Panthers is this is going to be their third straight home game in a row. That's usually a pretty good sign for a high-scoring game as well. In the last five years, NFL teams in their third straight home game have gone 25-9 and nine over under. These games have gone 19-3 and three in non-division affairs like this week. And 16-1 and one in the last three seasons. Again, that's non-division teams playing in their third straight home game. 16-1 and one over under in the last three years. 
I also went into the database and I queried teams off a home overtime win. Of course, that Monday night game against the Colts did go over the total. 7-1 and one since 2011. Home teams off a home overtime win. On the flip side, I got a couple interesting Green Bay situations that also point to a fairly high-scoring outcome. Of course, they're off that big road favorite loss in which they got totally manhandled by Denver. And kudos to you, Mark, for making Denver your four-star NFL game of the month last week. Wasn't even close, 29-10 to 10, the final score. But anyway, in the last 10 years, NFL road favorites playing off a road favorite loss. That's pretty simple. They've gone 6-0 and to the over in the last 10 years. It applies to the Green Bay Packers. That's providing that that road loss was by 17 or more points in the previous game. And, of course, that was as Green Bay lost 29-10. to 10. Uh, I do realize Green Bay has gone under the total now, not once, not twice, not three times, but actually four games in a row. Again, courtesy of our database, in the last four years, NFL non-division road favorites who are off four or more unders in a row have gone eight and one to the over in the last four years. You're probably going to want to play this one. I can see it going up to 47 or 48 but I'm looking for a lot of points in this game, Mark. Green Bay and Carolina over the total at the current line of 46.5. Victor King makes a lot of good points for this game to get over the total in this contest. You have to love that non-division home three-in-a-row stat, 16-1 also coming to play inside this game. He goes over the total in the Panthers-Packers game this Sunday. As I mentioned here, this is a marquee matchup in the National Football League this week. Undefeated Carolina a one-time losing team at Green Bay Packers off their first loss of the season coming in. The Packers have fared pretty well in this field. They've gone 5-2 and two to the spread the last seven games at Carolina. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers comes in off the lowest pass rating in his career in a game in which he wasn't injured in his last performance against the Denver Broncos. You have to wonder whether or not the law of averages says he comes back and performs more to the Aaron Rodgers that we're used to as opposed to the Aaron Rodgers we saw last week. Panthers or the Packers, I should say, also bring the league's softest rush defense into this contest here, allowing 4.7 yards per rush defensively here coming to this contest. That's always been Green Bay's Achilles heel, this rush defense, and it's not any better this year. And it fits into the Carolina Panthers, who have rushed the football for 100 or more yards 20 straight games in a row coming into this contest. Carolina averaging 4.4 yards per carry offensively. So statistically, this is a nice fundamental matchup for the Carolina Panthers in this contest here, who have won, by the way, the last 11 straight regular season games in a row coming in here. The downside for Carolina coming off the Monday night game, they've not performed well in games after Monday night, just 1-5 and five to the spread in non-division football games. But what you have at work here is this bubble burst factor for the Green Bay Packers. It works in college football, and it works in the National Football League as well. Inside our database, we note that teams who open up 5-0 and or better in the NFL suffer that first loss and then go on the road. These teams are just 1-6 straight up and against the spread in this role when they're taking on a 600 or better non-division opponent. I'll favor the side with the fundamental matchup here with the Carolina Panthers rushing offense and the Green Bay Packers leaky rush defense and take the points with the undefeated Carolina Panthers for my side in this National Football League Game of the Week. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas now to check out the Vegas vibe to find out what's going on in Las Vegas with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, how's everything going for you in Vegas these days? 
everything is going wonderful. We're approaching, in some cases, passing the midpoint of the NFL season. Half point of the college season is uh, behind us. We're into that final month. Of course, we've had the first release of the top four teams for the college football playoff, and uh, it's just an exciting time, as as pretty much it is every week during football season. This, uh, this city, Las Vegas, it thrives during football season. I'm sure it does, Andy, and right now it's a busy time. You mentioned that the uh, the uh, CFP rankings came out last week. And just your quick take, Victor and I overviewed this at the beginning of the show, but your quick take, your observation on this first CFP rankings poll, anything that you found to be a little bit out of the ordinary? Well, uh, of course I did. Uh, at the same time, it's only the first one, and it's really not going to matter in the grand scheme of things as many of these teams in the top 20 are going to face one another, and we'll see a lot of movement. But the one thing that really seemed not to make much sense was Alabama being ranked number four, uh, not just ahead of several uh unbeaten teams and other one-loss teams that had arguably as good, if not better, credentials, such as Notre Dame, for example. But also when you look at the fact that Alabama lost to Mississippi, a two-loss team, as Mississippi not only lost to Florida, they lost to um, Memphis, uh, a non-Power 5 conference team. And Alabama lost at home in a game that really was not as close as the final score indicated. So I'm, I'm detecting, once again, some bias in the committee. And by Alabama ranking number Four, should they happen to lose to LSU, it gives them an excuse not to drop Alabama too, too far. And at the same point, uh, at the same time, if LSU were to lose to Alabama, it gives the committee a reason not to drop LSU too far. Yeah, there did indeed appear to be that SEC bias once again in these rankings here and also a dislike for the Big 12 conference, if you will, uh, the old two usual standbys, Baylor and TCU, getting slighted once again. But as Victor and I mentioned, I think that'll all iron itself out as the Big 12 ends up playing amongst themselves going down the stretch and picking up some quality wins with each other that way. Andy, there's a lot also going on in Las Vegas inside the Super Bowl contest as we speak this weekend. Uh, a quick update from you, if you will. I know our fans out there really love these updates to find out exactly what's happening in the contest. Where do we stand at this stage of the season. We're starting to see things fan out as far as the standings go. There is a single leader this week, record of 31-7-2, and, and that equates out to 80% against the spread, 32 points out of a possible 40 after eight weeks of play. In order to be in the top 10 at this point in the season, you have to be hitting 72.5%. The top 25 still requires you to be hitting a shade under 69%. And actually, there are 21 people tied for the 50th uh, and final paying spot. They pay the top 50 and ties. And that per of uh, those people, those 21 people currently tied for 50th, are hitting 65%. So overall, the field has been extremely strong since the start of the season, at least at the top of the leaderboard. There are some interesting situations occurring with the uh, consensus. These are the plays that a lot of folks around the nation, in fact, around the world, follow. What are the top five teams doing each week? Well, in weeks one through four, the top five picks each week come Combined to go 15 and 5, 75% uh, against the spread. However, in weeks 5 and 8, the next four weeks, those consensus plays are just 8 
10 and 2 or 45%. So for the season, the consensus plays are 23, 15, and 2 ATS. That works out to an equivalent rate of 60.0%. So still a very fine season for the consensus, but it has struggled over the last four weeks compared to the first four weeks. And last week we had a situation where two of the consensus picks were guaranteed to produce a uh, one and one result as Green Bay and Denver were both amongst the top five picks of the week. And of course, we saw uh, Denver pull off the uh, home upset as a uh, three-point underdog. I, I guess it could have ended up as a push for those top two cons- for those two consensus plays. But nevertheless, the consensus still hitting at sixty percent, but uh, the arrow pointing downwards. Yeah, it looks like right now, Andy, you just mentioned 8, 10, and 2 the last two weeks by the consensus, and it sounds like an indication that the uh, it's a regression to the mean here a little bit with the results in the contest. I know we had some staggering numbers uh, to open the football season here, but not that slight 31, 7, and 2 for the leader. That's, that's absolutely phenomenal, and 65% winning required to be in the top 50 right now, but it does appear to be that uh, I don't know if the season's getting tougher because there's fewer games because of the bye weeks or uh, just like I say, a regression to the mean, but it does appear that uh, things are getting a little bit tighter, tougher in the Super Bowl contest as we enter near the halfway stage of the season. Yeah, I think we see this every year, and a lot of it has to do not just with the lines being adjusted to consider what's happening, but the fact that these teams themselves tend to play inconsistently from week to week. And one of the uh, secrets, if you will, of success in this contest over the years has been to isolate three or four teams where you can determine a certain uh, uh, performance pattern where these teams, you're looking for teams that generally will play two or three good games in a row and then regress for a game or two and then pick it up. Now those teams change every year for the most part, but uh, it seems as though the players who have the greatest success on a consistent basis in this contest are able to focus in and find out all they can about a few specific teams, know their ups and downs, know their tendencies, know their coaches' ability to get teams prepared and perhaps, perhaps not be as well prepared the following week or weeks, etc. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. You can get information about Andy's site. Log on to the site at TheLogicalApproach.com where you can download his outstanding newsletter weekly at TheLogicalApproach.com. And Andy, before I get to our advanced line moves from Las Vegas this week, I know Victor's got a question he'd like to run by you as well. I certainly do, Mark. Uh, it's it's in regards to two games in the NFL that have no lines or no over-under lines thus far as we speak on Wednesday morning. Of course, uh, those are probably quarterback-related injury information, but Jacksonville, the New York Jets, Tennessee, and New Orleans. Are we going to see Fitzpatrick or Geno Smith or even a different quarterback for the Jets? And, of course, Who's going to go for Tennessee? Is it going to be Mariota? Is it going to go Mettenberger? But, Andy, do you have any sort of projected over-under line for both of those games coming up this weekend? I've not seen a projection anywhere because prior to the opening of the lines on Sunday night, we knew that there were injuries involved with the quarterback situation for the Jets. And, of course, we had the ongoing situation with uh, Mariota for Tennessee. And, of course, we now have the coaching change in there. I would imagine we're probably going to see in the Jacksonville Jets game, and we don't yet know who's going to start, although it's been more and more looking like Fitzpatrick will not be able to start. The injury is to his non-throwing thumb, but that does affect his ability to 
take the snap from center. So there is talk that Geno Smith, who is also banged up a bit, but certainly not involving his ability to throw the football, will get the start. And if not then, then there's some talk about perhaps Bryce Petty, the untested rookie. But I'm going to look for Geno Smith to start. And I would imagine in that situation we'd see a total probably in the 40 to 41 range, maybe 42 mm-hmm. on the high side with Jacksonville and the Jets. Tennessee and New Orleans, where we've now had a couple of weeks with Mecklenburger in there for Tennessee. If Mariota starts, I'm not sure there's going to be a significant difference at this point because Mariota's still a rookie. Of course, Drew Brees coming off of his sensational game last week. That probably will inflate this total as well. But I would imagine we might see something in a neighborhood of around 47 or 48 in that New Orleans-Tennessee game. But that's just speculation on my part, and we may not see lines on these games or in totals on these games until Friday when we get the much more of an accurate, updated status as far as both quarterback situations. And he's speaking about line moves. I know that Jay Cornegay sends out his NFL Superbook advance lines each week, one week in advance. And I was looking over the advance lines, and I don't see personally a whole lot of discrepancies. Did you notice much as far as these advance lines of the Superbook go from last week to this week? No, and in fact, that's one of the reasons why I couldn't accurately answer Victor's question about the Tennessee-New Orleans game because there was no advance line in that game last week because of the Mariota situation. The Jets were projected to be an eight-point home favorite over Jacksonville, and I imagine when the quarterback situation is resolved, I actually saw some projections that that line might come down to six and a half or seven. As far as other movements, really not very much. Cincinnati last week was a nine-and-a-half-point home favorite for the Thursday night game against against Cleveland when that game came up back on the board it was only a half point adjustment that one opened 10 the New England Patriots last week were a 12 and a half point home favorite in their upcoming game against the Washington Redskins who had a bye last week as a result of New England's impressive win over Miami last Thursday night and the fact that New England remains a public team that game came out on the board Sunday at 13 and was very quickly bid up to 14 no surprise there interesting situation was in the Denver-Indianapolis game. Of course, uh, Denver played uh, Green Bay Sunday night. Last week, Denver was minus three even money in the look-ahead line. Uh, Before the Sunday night game was played, Denver came up as a three-point favorite, was immediately bet up to four before the game was taken off the board as Green Bay and Denver kicked off. When the game came up on Monday morning, the uh, opening line was back down to three, but that quickly got bet up and was as high as five uh, less than 48 hours after that. So that's really the only other major move. Maybe you take a look a little bit at San Diego and Chicago. That line last week had the Chargers a four-and-a-half point uh, home favorite. Uh, San Diego lost in overtime, uh, or lost late in that uh, game at Baltimore by a field goal. Chicago lost at home by a field goal to Minnesota. When that line came up Sunday afternoon, San Diego was down to a four-point uh, home favorite, and I don't know how much of that a slight adjustment was due to the fact that Matt Forte was injured and known to be out for several weeks, and Allen, the wide receiver for San Diego, was also banged up and known to be out at least for a short period of time. Of course, since then, he's been put on IR and his season is effectively over. So maybe the combination of those factors resulted in a very slight half-point adjustment for two teams, both of whom lost by a field goal. 
That's the update from the NFL Superbook Contest lines from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. And Andy, before I ask you your complimentary play on the show, which you've nailed three weeks in a row here, quickly, one quick question on the college football side of things. I'm looking at the Florida State-Clemson game Sunday night as I'm preparing to put the newsletter together here, and I saw the sendout coming Clemson minus 7. Then Monday, I see the official opening line at Clemson minus 12. Is a lot of that largely because of who did not play for Florida State last week, or is it just a reaction to the fact that Clemson's been so impressive in their football games of late? It probably a combination of both, but probably more so related to the fact that you had two key players out for Florida State, Cook the running back, and of course Golson the quarterback, both of whom are expected to play this week, and I think they were their status was more probable than doubtful when the line came, when that early line came out on Sunday because it was universally by Monday up there around 11 or 12. To me, that uh, that seems like a little bit of a high number. I would have actually, even with those guys being known to play, I probably would have made the game seven and a half or eight because. Florida State still a quality program, still a very talented program. Clearly, the two most talented programs in the ACC, Florida State and Clemson, and they've developed a nice rivalry over the last half decade or so. I'll be interested to see as game time approaches if this number goes up to closer to two touchdowns, at which time I'm almost positive the wise guys will come and take the underdog, or if the wise guys will act a little bit earlier than that and seeing that this line has perhaps peaked and maybe this line closes down somewhere around 10. I agree with you, Andy. That's a good assessment on that football game. Andy Isco from The Logical Approach with his overview of the big Florida State-Clemson showdown game this Saturday. And with that, Andy, if you would, before we let you go, if you could pass on your complimentary pick to our listeners out there this week. Let's go to the Big Ten. We're overshadowed by the uh, three unbeaten teams in the Big Ten. Penn State has quietly gone seven and two with its lone conference loss to unbeaten Ohio State. After defeating Stanford to open the season, Northwestern started five and zero before back-to-back losses to Michigan and unbeaten Iowa. Those were pretty much one-sided losses. They did beat Nebraska following that loss. Penn State's dominated the series over the years. In fact, they've won thirteen of seventeen since joining the Big Ten just over uh, 20 years ago, uh, including six straight uh, before losing 29-6 to at home last season to Northwestern. It was the first loss under Coach James Franklin after four straight wins to open his coaching career at Penn State. It set the stage for a four-game losing streak that Penn State had. So after starting 4-0, and that Northwestern loss got him started on the way to 4-4 four and four before they were able to break that losing streak. So that makes this a revenge game for Penn State. Uh, I give Penn State the edge at quarterback. The better overall defense, the better turnover margin. The defenses are fairly even, but I I give Penn State the uh, edge when you take out uh, the FCS game uh, that Northwestern played against Eastern Illinois. Uh, The one negative for Penn State is that they're playing for a 10th straight week while Northwestern returns from a bye week. So they're a little bit fresher than uh, Penn State is, and maybe that's what is accounting for uh, in the line uh, very slightly. As Fundamentally, I see Penn State holding most of the edges in a game that I probably would have opened on the road uh, with Penn State pick them. I'm going to look for Penn State to get the outright win. Getting the plus two, plus two and a half, I think, is an added bonus. Andy Isco likes the dominating series dog in Penn State, taking the points this week against Northwestern for his complimentary play on the show. Andy, once again, a great job this particular week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week in all of your endeavors on the college and pro football side of things and whatever else you happen to do in Vegas. I'm sure you dabble in the basketball as well. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, good luck this week, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week as well. 
Mark, Victor, both of you also have great weeks. Thanks again. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And don't go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to put the final recap on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week. Victor and I with our complimentary plays as well. When we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread after this brief commercial break. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Time to get it on. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. Time to get it What are you waiting for? Come join MyBookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to MyBookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in college football this week. We call it ready, willing, and able. And what we're looking to do is to plan any 500 or greater college football home dog who's playing with a week of rest against an 8-0 or greater opponent that scored more than 30 points in its last game. You talk about these college home dogs being ready, willing, and able. They've gone 18-4 and four against the spread in this role since 1980. That's an 82% winning proposition. will be on the Indiana Hoosiers when they play host to Iowa this week for our awesome angle play on the college football card this Saturday. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports with his top complimentary play on the show this week. And Victor, if you would... Let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creel Sports this weekend. Absolutely. Three NFL games on Sunday. It's our over, over, over triple play. Three NFL games going over the total. That'll be up at the Playbook website on Friday night. Another winning week for the totals tip sheet last week. We're pleased with the results. Uh, two more wins. We're now 16-8 and eight ATS at the halfway point of the season, 67%. A complete 180-degree turnaround from last year at this time. Of course, uh, last year in November, that was the unhealthy month for yours truly. Uh, Smoker, drinker, uh, heart attacks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) So 12 months after the fact, uh, a lot less alcohol, no tobacco, uh, healthy, uh, doing some exercise, 
it just goes to show you that, uh, yeah, things can improve. We're very pleased with the results thus far. We've got uh, three more over-under selections in this week's totals tip sheet. And our free play of the week, we're going to uh, give the ball a speedy for the second week in a row. He brought home a very easy under last week in the Titans-Texans game. And for the second week in a row, he's going to be going under the total in a Titans game again. This week, they're going to be on the road in the Big Easy against the New Orleans Saints. And uh, as we touched on with Andy, there's currently no over-under line. I anticipate 47 to 48 will be the line once the Tennessee quarterback situation is revealed. Of course, the big coaching change for Tennessee this week. One thing you got to give the Titans credit for, and that's a solid defense. They're ranked number five in the league overall. And number three versus the pass. That's, of course, significant going against Drew Brees, who had that great game last week. But the Tennessee offense, they're going in the wrong direction. They've scored 13, 10, 7, and 6 points in their last four games. NFL underdogs who scored 10 or less points in each of their last four games have gone 1 and 9 over under since the 07 season when the over underline is 38 or more points. And, of course, that applies to the Titans this week. That uh, road loss to Houston last week was their fifth loss in a row. In the last three years, non-division underdogs of less than 13 points who are off a five-game or more losing streak have gone 1-9 and nine over under. Now, we're certainly aware that the uh, Saints busted out big time last week with 52 points scored against the Giants. Uh, this has gone one and eight over under since 2001. NFL favorites of eight or greater points who scored 51 or more points at home last week. That applies to New Orleans. And of course, in that win over the G-Men, the final score was 52 to 49. Uh, this has gone 0 and six over under since 97. It's less than 1,000 non-division home favorites of greater than a field goal off a straight up win in which they scored and allowed 35 or more points against the Saints. Now, when we talked to Andy earlier in the show in this game, he he uttered the two words that I was looking to hear, and that is inflated total. Of course, this line is going to be inflated based on what the Saints did last week. And uh, make no mistake, this is not going to be a shootout against a great offense like the New York Giants, in which the last team with the ball basically won the game. From a game flow or a game script perspective, this sets up as a very, very good underplay. In game script, if you have a big, big favorite like the Saints, chances are they're going to be winning the game by 10 to 14 points or more, particularly in the second half. That means they pound the ball on the ground. They give the ball to Mark Ingram. They eat at the clock. They keep the ball out of Tennessee's hands. And the result is a game going under the total. Tennessee, New Orleans under the total. That's courtesy of man's best friend for the second week in a row. Victor King goes under the total. Victor and Speedy, I should say, on the Tennessee, New Orleans game as he takes advantage of that inflated total in the contest. And be sure to check out Victor King for his triple overplays on tap this weekend at playbook.com. You'll be glad you did. Before I get to my complimentary play on the football show this week, I want to remind our listeners that our 10-star November to Remember is now upon us, and it couldn't come at a better time off our big 
NFL Game of the Month winner last weekend with the Denver Broncos over the Green Bay Packers. And currently 37-13 and 13 we are in the National Football League the last two seasons. You can pick up 10-star November to remember, including every college and NFL football play I make throughout the month of November, highlighted with our 10-star college football Game of the Year. All you need to do is to log on at playbook.com or give her office a call toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. And, be, and once again, don't forget about our good friends over at mybookie.ag. Sign up today and sign up for all your sign-up bonuses. Simply mention the playbook at mybookie.ag to pick up your free sign-up bonuses online at mybookie.ag. My complimentary play on the college football card this week, and I have to say this, that Andy Isco stole my thunder because I was going to share with you <laughs> my complimentary play being the Penn State Nittany Lions, but I don't want to duplicate that play for our listeners out there, so I'll go to option two, plan B for our complimentary play, and this play comes from our Midweek Alert football newsletter this week, and the Midweek Alert struck gold again last week, 5-1 and one overall with our selections. You can download the Midweek in the store at playbook.com this week. My complimentary play is on the Fighting Illini of Illinois when they take on Purdue this Saturday. And I have to like the job that Bill Cubitt has done with this Illinois football program here. He's got them in contention to become a bowl team this year despite being handed the game, uh, the, this team here, with no time to prepare at the beginning of the football season here. Four wins. They need two more wins in their final four games of the season to become bowl eligible. They've got Ohio State and Visits to Minnesota and Northwestern on tap here. So this one becomes mandatory for Illinois should they wish to entertain bowl possibilities. And you're not beating much here in Purdue. You're talking about a football team that's just 3-26 and 26 straight up against FBS opponents under head coach Daryl Hazel, just 2-18 and 18 in Big Ten football games. With a team that owns an 85-yard edge on the defense, I'll back the better team, the better coach, the fighting line have Illinois over Purdue for my complimentary play on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank Victor King from King Creole Sports, our co-host, Andy Isco, joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com, and to our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.